0: I want you to turn your bibles our very first scripture today i want to go back to the to the to hebrews if you would chapter three hebrews chapter three hebrews chapter three we're going to look at the seventh verse through hebrews chapter four verse five and uh you know we've been talking about creating your world with his word now his word is the preeminent thing that existed exists and will ever exist that his word, but that everything God did was, we know, we would call it faith because that's how we live. We live by faith. God lives in, a, in his faith, is word. His word is faith. And so God simply does by his word. Whatever was not will be if he says it is. Whatever didn't occur will occur if he says it occurs. Whatever it doesn't exist won't exist if it's not already in him. Do you understand? He is all in all. And His Word was the productive force that made all these things come to pass. We call that faith because we live on the Word. And so His Word is the preeminent thing. It's from the beginning to the end. His Word never fails. So so we can create our world by His Word. That's what He told us. He said, have the God kind of faith. Have the God kind of faith. You and I are to have a God kind of faith. That is a Word-based faith. It, it, and and we, we, we talked in the past about rhema, that God gives us a specific word. We talked about logos, which is the written word. And we explained that those two things work together. They don't work independently of each other. They work together. And so we can create our world with His Word. And I'm talking about the Word of God related to His logos, which we already we have in a written form. And the rhema of God, which comes by the Holy Spirit. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. I want you to say this out loud. I want to be led by the Spirit of God. I promise you, life will be better if you'll listen to the Lord. Somebody say amen. God wants to hook us up with his supernatural ability. He doesn't just want us to live in the natural. And I want to say this to you. If you just live in the natural, then your success would be limited there. If you now this is going to be strange when I say this but if you just live over in the supernatural then your success will be limited with what you will achieve if all you had was just if we only had we had two things the natural and the supernatural you can't successfully navigate this life with only the natural not the way God wants you to and you can't just navigate this life with only the supernatural no- knowledge of God, meaning, meaning that all you had was His information and, and you didn't combine them. In other words, the natural and the supernatural have to go together to get the supernatural. Somebody ought to say amen. There has to be natural that goes with super to get supernatural. So God has given us supernatural, and he's given us natural. When we combine the natural, I want to say this enough that you get it, and the supernatural, uh, uh, we'll get supernatural. We'll get the supernatural action of God and the unlimited power of God active in our life. Every place that we look in the Bible, one of the things you and I need to understand is that every place we look in the Bible that successful navigation by those who came before us, those that were before us, they always had a word from God. Now, they didn't have the Bible written like we had. They didn't have it done on paper and all those things as God built those things for us. So they would get it word by word and moment by moment, and they wrote those things for us. But as they navigated their life and went through, Moses did what he did because he had a word from God. Elijah did what he did because he had a word from God. David did what he did because he had a word from God. I mean, you can see that they were instructed by God and they followed the instructions. God wants to instruct us through his word, the Logos, with his spirit revelation So that we too can operate in the very thing that God had them operate in. Successful navigations for those people came by having a word. Somebody ought to say amen. We ought to have a word from the Lord. If you think God doesn't speak today, then you're the one that's deaf. Come on, God's still speaking today. Say this with me. God still heals today. God still delivers today. God still performs miracles today. God still gives blessings today. God still causes his people to be blessed. And I'm one of them. Somebody say amen. Amen. We have to have these things for us to operate. And so one of the things that we fail to realize is that the people of God are destroyed by a lack of knowledge. They're destroyed. That's you know That, that might seem uh, like a small statement, but it's a massive statement because the reason that we fail in life, the reason we fail to achieve what we need to achieve with God, because no matter where you came up, if you came up rich or poor, you came up uh, whatever the situations are, God has, has a plan that's bigger, larger, that is supernatural for your life. And he wants to perform that supernatural plan in your life. But it will be a lack of knowledge that causes people not to achieve. I mean, I mean, there will be decisions that we make. We can love God. I have seen people absolutely love God. Love God. Really love God. I'm talking about the kind of people that when you walk in their house, the walls are papered with scripture. Have you all ever been in those houses? I mean, you look on their refrigerator. You can't find an inch where there's not something on that refrigerator. I mean, really love God, have real relationship in terms of relationship, relatively familyish relationships with God. That He's their Father; that they they love Him, and He loves them, and they have all those things. And they have, and yet, we see them poor, we see them in sickness, we see them in disease, we see them in messes, we see their house falling apart, and yet they have great relationship with the Lord. They have great love for God. The problem, according to the word, is if you don't have knowledge, you'll end in destruction. Meaning that your life, that's what he's talking about, is your life. I mean, if you're saved, the greatest experience you'll ever have is going to heaven. Every one of us is guaranteed heaven if we're saved, if we've accepted Jesus Christ. But I don't just want what I get here to be bad and they good. I want what's here to be good and there to be good. Somebody say amen. I don't want to live in a mess down here just so I can go to heaven and enjoy it. I want to live in heaven on earth. That means the best me I can be. I don't need to be a you. God didn't call me for envy. He didn't call me for, I need to be the best me I can be. Somebody ought to say amen. Come on. I mean, and that's it. We got to be careful that we don't try and get people envying each other and wanting the same cars and living in the same house. God didn't declare utopia. He declared blessing. I wish somebody would shout out amen. Whatever blessing is to me, I want all the blessing I can get. And if there's more blessing on top of that, I want all that blessing too. Somebody ought to shout out amen. Just shout out Amen. I want to go as high as I can go. I don't know what the best Steve McCart is, but I'm going to find out. Somebody ought to shout out amen. I mean, mean, but according to the word, it's lack of knowledge that you don't know. You obviously, if you knew, you'd make better decisions. You'd choose to do better things. This is where I go back to creating the world that you live in by his word. When you get a revelation of the thing that God wants in your life, when you really get it, when it really sinks in, for when it goes from the head down to the heart, it's going to make an impact that is going to change your world. When you come to know what the Bible says when he says that it will so will receive and it becomes real to you, that if you give, it'll be given back when it becomes real to you. When it says all these things, and you have a revelation of a, of a Logos word, and it starts to work in your life, things are going to transform, and you'll be able to frame your world with his word. We find out that it's a lack of knowledge, and I don't want people to live in a lack of knowledge. I don't want them to, to go and do things, make decisions, uh, follow through. Sometimes I just you know, it's just amazing how we as Christians don't know what we really believe, and I'm not going here today. But the Word of God, listen, I want you to say this with me. The Word of God is always first. I want you to say it again. The Word of God is always first. When God tells us about relationships, how to live those relationships, who to marry, and He shows us and directs us who that's supposed to be. And when we look in the Bible and we see how God directed man and made a woman and created a man and a woman, made them husband and wife, when we violate that, we don't know the Word. I'm going to let that sink in just a minute. We don't know the Word. And then when we read the Word on it and we see direction and complete and total understanding of what that is, I have to know the Word of God. That knowledge has to become revelation to me, and then my decisions must be based on that word. I have to think in line with the word, and when I do, the consequences of the word will balance out, because God's a covenant-keeping God. You understand? So when he makes covenant, he keeps his side of the covenant always. We're the one that determine whether or not we'll have the covenant, when I violate the covenant of God, then my, my, the reaction will be a consequence to my decision that was in lack or in the knowledge base that I did not have. Destruction comes from my violation of the covenant. Does anybody get what I'm talking about? Listen, you want to talk about how God works as far as judgment is concerned, that's what I'm saying to you. That we live sometimes in the judgment of the consequence Of not knowing the Word of God and incorrectly working in the Word of God, dealing with the Word of God inappropriately, and we're destroyed for lack of knowledge. You can love God, really love God, and don't know nothing. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Blank, just blank slates, just walking through life, just following tradition, following history. Following things along, just going along. So This is how we've always done it. You know, There's that old story of the grandmother who's baking a turkey, and she cut off both ends and put it in the pot, threw it in the stove, and the granddaughter came up and said, Why did you cut off both ends? She said, I don't know. My grandmother did it. She went back to the grandmother's grandmother and said, Why did you cut off both ends of the pot uh, of the turkey? The lady said, I don't know. My grandmother did it. Finally, they got to the last grandmother and said, Why did you do this? She said, Because my oven was too small. I mean, we just keep gutting in two ends off the end of the turkey because we think there's some reason. Listen, I mean, you can't just follow through tradition and follow through the way we do things. You've got to go to the, to the real word of God. You've got to dig out what the real word of God says. You, because if you don't, you're destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. Listen to me. You want to know where destruction comes from? It's because you acted inappropriately with God's covenant. You acted inappropriately with God's covenant. When we get in line with God's covenant, when our decisions are based on His covenant, when our thoughts are contained in His covenant, then we can create our world, and it will look like God wants it to look. This this is a, an interesting story, and I'm just going to skip down. I could read all this, but I don't think I'm going to have time. We, we we find out that the children of Israel wandered through the wilderness, and. And they were, you know, the wilderness was a place that they ended up in that God never intended for them to end up in. I want you to know that God did not. His plan was for them to go directly to the promised land. That was what he wanted. And we also need to understand something else about the promised land. The promised land was not talking about heaven. When we think of promised land and we think about the Israelites and all that, God was not directing us to understand that as a, as a performance of heaven. The promised land had enemies in it. The promised land was going to have fighting in it. Well, when I get to heaven, there'll be no fighting. It, it's not a description of heaven because it doesn't have the description that heaven has. They had to build homes and choose places to live and do things. They had to fight for what they had. they're going to have to go pick their own grapes. You understand, when I get to heaven, God's got a whole other plan. In my house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. i go to prepare a place for you. So heaven is not the promised land. That promised land is a description of life. He's talking about how they were supposed to live. How were they supposed to live in promise? In that promise. Well, it certainly wasn't not enough like they were in Egypt. When they lived in Egypt, it was not enough. They were beaten 700 years. They went through torture. They went through things. And finally, God gave them a deliverance and brought them out. We know that when they were in the deliverance area, when they came out of Egypt, through those years, God provided enough. God gave them enough. He provided enough. But it is never God's plan for us to live in enough. Come on, somebody. I hope you get what I'm talking about. God didn't intend for them to have shoes that wouldn't wear out for 40 years. It was only 13 days from where they were to the promised land. They were simply supposed to walk across and walk right into the promise, into the blessing. That was God's intention. God wanted them to understand, but they decided to disobey God. Somebody ought to shout out amen. Now they had to live in provision. Thank God. How many know God provides? Yes. Come on. Thank God he's in. I mean, some of us just live in provision. Without knowledge, my people will perish. When we get knowledge, we don't have to live there. When they, if they had only known and only believed. And so we get to this passage. And we and because, you know, as I was growing up, we were always taught that, you know, that uh, uh, they went through the wilderness because God was teaching them something. No, no. They went through the wilderness because they wouldn't learn. How many know there's a big difference between they were dumb and he's smart and he's not smart and they're... No, no, no. God is really smart. And they were dumb. (laughs) I mean, that's a pretty simple statement, isn't it? I mean, they were stuck. And here's what it says. It says, but with whom was he grieved 40 years? Was it not with them that had sinned whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? And to whom swear he that they should not enter into rest? This is verse 17. But to them that believe not. They didn't believe. They didn't believe. They they got the information, but they didn't believe it. It had not become faith to them. So we see that they couldn't enter in because of why couldn't they enter in? it? Why is it that they could not enter in? When they get it up on the screen, you'll see it. It says because of unbelief. They were wandering for 40 years in the wilderness, not because God was trying to train them with some, uh, you know, messed up environment, but God had to sustain them in their lack of knowledge. They knew God, but they didn't know him. I wish somebody get what I'm talking about. They knew him, but they didn't know him. They knew about him. They knew stories. They knew history. But they were destroyed in, in that wilderness. Their carcasses were only two people came out. We know it was Josiah or, or uh, 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 Joshua and Caleb. They believed when tested. When they came to the point where they had to face that situation uh, 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 with going into the in there, and they they made a decision about we can go. Give me this mountain. They walked in their belief. They had a knowledge of God about. Not just where we are for provision now, but God doesn't want us just in this provisional moment. God wants us in the promise moment. Shout this out. Right there we are. God wants me to walk in his promise. His promised land is yours. God wants you to walk in more than enough. Not just shoes that don't wear out and batteries that don't go dead and cars that remain for 100 years. God wants you to walk in what a, a blessing that's above that. Say this, more than enough. Come on, shout it out, more than enough. God wants you to walk in his provisions, which are more than enough. They didn't because of unbelief. It was unbelief. It goes on to say, let us therefore fear. Verse 1, chapter 4. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us entering into rest any of you should seem to come short of it for unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them but the word preached did not profit them the word preached did not profit them this is hebrews chapter 4 is it on the screen the word preached to us as well as to them it says it didn't profit them because it was not being mixed not being mixed and then it says with faith we understand that faith is what causes things to occur. It brings the natural and the supernatural together. Because the supernatural exists, faith brings us and the supernatural together. Faith is the, is, is the word of God. How do we receive faith faith comes by hearing hearing comes by the word of God see when I have his word it can become rhema to me and I can act on the word of God and that faith will do something it will say it will act it will perform it will do in the natural and connect me to the supernatural supernatural doesn't act by itself it may because there are miracles there are gifts but on a whole, you and I living in our everyday life, God takes our natural life and mixes it with his supernatural to create supernatural experience. Amen. Do you see what I'm saying? So what does this mean, not being mixed? The Greek here says this. It was, let me, let me, read, let me read my exact notes here. It was not digested or gested inside of them. In other words, even more looking at this, It's like you eating food, the food was broken down in the body, turned into minerals and supplements and all the things that was needed, supplied to the body, given to the blood, added to the cells, and it became part of. It did not profit them because the Word never became part of them. People come and sit in church every day. I preach messages every day about the blessings of God. It goes in one ear. I talk about prosperity. It goes one in, in one ear. Because it never gets gestated, digested, and initiated. It just was, you know, because I mean I'm going to tell you something. When you eat a steak, your body breaks that steak down. It pulls out all the stuff you need, including fat. Amen. <laughs> And it makes it, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Then, because you know, if the word of God abides, you're not going to ask materialistic things that are outside the word of God. You're not going to be ingesting things that are wrong. Your thoughts will conform to the word of God. You're not going to be asking in vain, the Bible says. Come on, I mean, God didn't just want us to run around claiming Lamborghinis. Come on, now if you're rich and you've got a whole bunch of money, you've got a billion dollars, and a Lamborghini's nothing to you, and you can afford the tires on it, go get one. Some of y'all could get a, a Lamborghini, couldn't even put tires on the car. You wouldn't even be able to pay for the insurance. You've got to believe God, not just for the car, but everything. You've got to have a garage for that car. I well, mean, they take those to shows. We don't just drive those to the mall. Come on, somebody. I'm not talking about that. God, That's not what's going to happen to a believer. They don't become envious and vainglorious. They have the fruits of the Spirit. God, when you get God's Word in you, you operate in the fruits of the Spirit. When we get God's Word in us, it causes us to migrate towards what God wants for us, which is always more than enough. Come on, somebody. That That means, listen, if you're living in a house and it has no insulation... If that's where you started, you finally were able to buy a house. You were able to get enough money to buy it. Whatever the number was, you were able to buy the house. But it has no insulation. All the piping's bad. You know, the roof's falling off. And that's what you could believe for. I, wa- I want to give you some good news. You may start there, but God doesn't want you to be in less. He doesn't want you to be in maintained. God wants you to be in a place where you could either buy insulation, fix your plumbing, or buy you a new house. That's real truth. They may say, well, I don't know what to do. Well, then you go to God. You open up his word. And he says, he became poor that through his poverty, I could become rich. There's a word from God. When that becomes revelation knowledge to you, then it gets inside of you. <clears throat> and you say, God became Jesus. Jesus is God. God and Jesus are the same. Jesus lived here. And he, he became poor so that I could be rich. Now I speak into my body, I speak into my house, and in the name of Jesus, Lord, you give me a direction. What do you want me to do? Put insulation in my house? Put a new roof on it? Then you start doing some calculation, you know, start doing the math. And you find out what it would cost. Well, it would cost me $40,000. I could sell my house for forty, dollars and I could get, instead of spending forty, dollars I could go take twenty of that, buy a new house. Maybe that's what God wants me to do. Or you might find out it's only $5,000 because you've got a friend. I don't know the answer, but I know God knows the answer, and when we go to God and we ask God, he'll give us his word, and he'll give us his word, and those two will come together. And when I begin to act with the natural, then I can put the super with the natural and get supernatural. Some of y'all just sitting at home praying, God, would you fix it? And God said, Go buy a wrench. This is good preaching. It's really, really, really good preaching. Oh, God, would you give me money? And God said, Go fill out an app. Go apply for a job. Go to the Social Security office. Go get some help. God, I'm sick. I don't know what to do. When I got sick, I knew what to do. I prayed and prayed. And when I didn't get better, I said, I'm going to the doctor. I'm going to the doctor. And if he gives me medication, I'm going to take every single pill in Jesus' name. And I'm going to put my faith right on top of it in Jesus' name. They said this would take my blood sugar down. I claim it in Jesus' name. Blood sugar come down. Now, thank God this is only temporary because I don't feel like taking this pill forever. So I'm going to take it till I get better. If I don't get better, I'm just going to keep taking. I wish somebody would shout out amen. I'll take whatever assistance I can get. And then you start doing the things you need to do to get better and improve. And you put the natural and the super together and you get the supernatural. You and I are called to live in the supernatural. Somebody ought to say amen. Shout that out. I'm called to live in the Supernatural above come on somebody so they were only there because they couldn't understand they didn't know they didn't believe and they did not gestate the fact God wanted them to live 13 days away in a blessed life filled with grapes and honey I mean just filled with blessing instead they wandered in the wilderness and they caused their own demise God did not kill them in the wilderness they died in the wilderness through unbelief. It was the unbelief that caused them to die in the wilderness. When 14 days, if they had followed God, they'd have been eaten good and wouldn't have had to die in 40 years. I wish somebody shout out amen right there. When we put the word of God at the, at the core, I hope I'm helping you. See, some of you don't, you're not taking the time. We don't have to conform to this world. He said, be be conformed. Don't be conformed to this world. Romans 12, 2, don't be conformed to this world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Renewing of your mind that you'll prove that's what's good, acceptable. I mean, God wants us to live in that. John tells us, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. 3 John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Even as your soul prospers. Another version that it says it this way, dear friend, I pray that you enjoy good health, that you go well, that it goes well with you, even as your soul just gets better and better. Come on, as we fill our mind, our our heart with God's Word, and it goes from our head to our heart, we get better and better because from the mind and the heart, they join together. He said that He gave His Word as a two-edged sword, dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Our spirit and soul are joined, and we ought to fill them up with the Word of God so that the natural can be combined with the super, and we can have the supernatural. Come on, somebody. God wants you to live in supernatural. We have a hope. Listen to this from Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. I mean, most of you know this scripture, but let me give it to you. I know my thoughts towards you. God's thinking about you. He said, my thoughts are of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. God has a hope and a plan ahead of you that's bigger than where you are. 2 Peter 1, 3 and 4 says this, according as his divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him, That's his word called us to glory and virtue whereby are given to us great exceeding great precious promises that by these we might be partakers of the divine nature having escaped the corruption of the world supernatural provision. God wants you to have it. So I would say this to you don't defer the time when we talk about going into the promised land. This is where you're supposed to live. You're supposed to live in that blessing. You're not supposed to wander around in unbelief and defeat. God wants you to walk into the promise. He wants you to walk into his blessings. Fill with his word. And let the natural and the super come together. He wants you there. Many of us defer that promise. And we start singing about by and by and the glory over there and somewhere in the future. God doesn't have glory over there and future over there. God has it for right now. And every one of us should be believing God for right now. And the more we know about God and the more we know of our supernatural heritage, the more we know about His presence and His anointing, the better off we're going to be. There will always be a word from God. Always. When we get that word from God, we need to follow that word. We need to be led by that word. We need to act on that word. We need to obey what Jesus tells us to do. This morning, if you're new to Family Worship Center and you're watching us online, or you're in this room... As we come to the close of this part of the sermon, and I want to invite you to watch this online for the next part. There's some stuff I want to tell you that I didn't get to in this first part. In the second sermon, I'm going to try and get over to talking about some things I see in Peter and things. Watch that second part. Plan to come to our online concert on Friday night. Come to our prayer meetings. We have prayer meetings every day. We have prayer meetings right here in in this room on Wednesday night. Make a plan to come Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. But if you're new, you're watching online, or in you're in, in this room, the most important decision you can make is to have Jesus come into your heart and live in you. He said, you must be born again. To go to heaven, listen to me, to go to heaven, there's only one way. I don't care what anybody else tells you. Jesus, God himself, came down to this earth. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. And everybody's going to have this opportunity that lives today. There's so much media, so much opportunity. God's not going to leave anybody on the, on the table that didn't have a chance to hear about him or have a chance to receive him. Or They can try to shut him out, but God's bigger than the media waves. He's bigger. God will send people. He'll send a way for you to know about Jesus as Lord and Savior. How do I go to heaven is the most important decision you can make in your life. How do I go? I'll tell you how. He said, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, and you'll be saved. So we believe the word. The word says that he was born of a virgin. The word says that he lived on this earth. The word said that he died for our sins. The word said that he came back from the dead and that he raised up in three days. And now the word tells us he's seated by the father. It also tells us he's coming back for us. It tells us he's going to rule and reign. We have to believe that, believe the word and confess that with our mouth. I want you to do that with me this morning. He said, if you open the door, I'll come into you and sup with you and you with me. Meaning I'll live in you. Come live inside of you. The Holy Spirit will come live in us. This morning, I want to invite you to do the same thing. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ, pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of my life. Jesus, I believe your word. I believe what it says. And today, I ask you, come live in me. I open the door of my heart. I believe and I confess, Jesus is Lord. Forgive me of my sins cleanse me of all my unrighteousness. I know that you will and you do. And I receive healing, blessing, salvation, prosperity. All the things you claimed are mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.